Hello and welcome to Drunk Bitches and Politics, where bitches get drunk and talk politics. I'm Ray. I'm Mishy. And I'm Michelle, your host. Welcome, Drunk Degula. Oh my God. I swear to God, I haven't had any wine yet. Um, I have had a beer. You sure? Um, yes, I promise. I promise. Welcome, Drunk Delegates. Um, we have a special what, edition but a special beginning to our podcast tonight, podcast number 16? 17. 17. Holy crap. Wow. I love it. Um, so we have our first wine sponsor. Yay! Yay! So um, our, our, our follower, our listener, Beast. Our drunk delegate. Our drunk delegate, Beast, um, decided to buy us a bottle of wine and shipped it to my house this week. We're super excited. I'm going to like pass it on to Missy because Missy did a fucking research paper on this shit. She did. Because she was so excited. I was really, As I was too. And I was, have a plate of crackers and cheese, salami, prosciutto, like mozzarella, all that. We are ready. All right. So I did, I did do a research paper about this. I was really excited because I wanted to find out more about it just because of the price point of the bottle averages about $120. So I was like, this better be a bomb-ass bottle of wine. And it is considered a vintage bottle. So it means that this particular variety, they've only made a certain amount of bottles and it's not coming back after this. So that was was particularly interesting about that. And I... So when we... Do our it's vintage. It's vintage. This is Right. This is actual vintage. <laughs> <laughs> and this I'm gonna tell you the entire life story of this Please bottle. Please do. This particular variety. So we're gonna have bougie bottle time. Uh this is definitely a bougie wine. So um this is a 2014 Silver Oak Napa Valley Cabernet Sauvignon. And I don't know how to describe it, but it's so, it's opaque, but it's super dark. Like, oh, yeah. it is a weird thing to be, yes, it's, you can sort it, it of see through gorgeous. it. But it's but very, it it's like this really crimson, almost purple color. Yes. And I don't know if you guys have had a chance to smell this thing. Oh, yeah. Um, but. I've been smelling it since y'all were driving it is, here. It is amazing. So, so. Uh, so this particular, just like the notes. So we've got cassis. Um, we've got black cherry. We've got tobacco. Ooh. We've got salted caramel. We've got cocoa beans. And a little fresh strawberry. So some of these can be picked up by sniffing it, but they can also be picked up on the palate. Because you fucking taste this shit. Um, it's definitely a full body wine, and it is crazy depth in flavor. Like you, you take two sips, you almost fill it in your chest. That's how, like, yeah. fucking mm-hmm. full-body this shit is. Um, it's very velvety. has velvety tannins. And they're also... They, I haven't picked this up, but they describe... Maybe I need to pair it with something to pull this out of it. That there are flavors of cream soda and red fruit. Red fruit is a given. But this like, flavors of cream soda, I'm yet to pick that up. So if anybody wants to take a sip and tell me, since I said that, if they can pick up flavors cream of cream soda or smell it. Mm. I'm gonna try again. I do not get the cream soda. I don't particularly pick up on the cream soda, but the cocoa beans are probably the biggest note for me here, and the pipe tobacco. Anyhow, continuing on, um, there's also notes of black currant and vanilla, and I think some of these you can pull out by eating something. So I don't know if you guys want right. to like eat cheese and try to see if you can pull something out of it. But it's they say that the wine is drinkable upon release, and I know you let it air out a little bit. 
And this particular wine, had we not opened it today, but because we're so fucking excited because we ain't ever had nice <laughs> shit in our lives before. No. Fucking whores. We could have kept it and and it would have been good until 2040. Yeah. Oh um, I, yes. I do remember reading that. I was like, holy cow. And imagine what it would have tasted then. There's a way that would have lasted in my house. No. No. Even, no. You're all lucky that it's still here. <laughs> it's still here. And I wouldn't have been able to maintain the temperature to keep it good. Because, you know, you're going to have fluctuations yeah. in your house. Like, I'd yeah. need a good they, they do. They would have provided. They have On their website, they have proper cellaring conditions that they provide you if you do want to keep the bottle to that age. So, you know, if you're a wine connoisseur, you would have been able to get One day, Michi, one, one day, day, we'll have a cellar in the D-Bat <laughs> office. Right, right, right. Um, so, again, this is a vintage 2014. It's from the Appalachian of Napa Valley. And we're going to talk about the composition of this bottle. Oh. So, this bottle is 78% Cabernet. And it's 11%, 11.6% Merlot. 6.7% uh, Cabernet Franc. 2.1% Petit Verdot. 1.6 small back. Somebody's been practicing right. their French. Ha 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 bitch. Uh, <laughs> I mean, no Google for this shit tonight. And my favorite is the several sizes that it comes in. And I think we, we have the 750 milliliter yes. bottle. But it can also be gotten, honey, in a 1.5 liter Magna. <laughs> or you can buy it in a 3L double Magna. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my partial to a double yeah. Magna. I bet you are. <laughs> And a six gallon oh, oh my god! So it comes in one of those giant wine bottles that they do at like auctions and golf tournaments, right? Or that's oh like twelve hundred dollars or whatever. Oh my yeah. god! And I used to sell those, by the way, in packaging. Just you know. Oh my god! Here we go. Um, <laughs> and so this particular bottle, uh, does anybody want to guess ALC? Fourteen point two. Bitch, you two. looked it up. <laughs> That was 2%. No. Is it really? It's 14.2. Oh. I, I remember it being 14 like something. But it's 14.2. Yeah. So it's up there just how we like it. Dry, dirty, and high in alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like the cherry. <laughs> okay, wait. Like You're ruining this bougie-ass experience. Sorry. Okay. So, this particular blend was blended in 2015, and it aged for 24 months in 84% new American oak and 16% one-used American oak barrels from their Missouri corporate called the Oak. And what they say is that the reason why they use this method is that easy blending assures a balanced core, and it allows all components to achieve seamless harmony during the barrel aging. Um, and they said after that, it was then aged for an additional 20 months in the bottle before they officially released it on February 1st of this year. Oh my goodness. Wow. So it's, it is a Vental. It is. <laughs> and one of the things that they talk about in the particular fruit that year was that the 2014 vintage was early. They had record-breaking dry weather that marked the winter months that year. Um, and warm spring temperatures led to early than normal bud break. So drought conditions were relieved by storms in the late February, early March of that 2014, which coincided perfectly with the vines coming out of dormancy. The remainder of the spring and summer was slightly hotter than normal with very few heat spikes in only three days with the highs and the triple digits. So they said that this set the state 
for ideal ripening conditions and wonderful flavor development in the berries. And the reason why they give you this background is that the crop, whatever crop is produced that year is going to produce a completely different wine. Right. And it's going to be a unique experience and you're probably never going to experience it again. This yeah. is not your round-the-mill 7-Eleven bottle that you pick up every week that's made the same way. So Don't you shit on 7-Eleven. And, that's, what, and that's why you have a 2014 to 2015 because right. the crops are going to be different. The crops are different. So the 2016 Silver right. Oak Cabernet Sauvignon is, is going to have different a different taste. Uh, taste right. and texture and all that stuff. So even though the, it's the same ingredients, the, what they were talking about with the very few heat spikes in the only three days with the high digits and triple digits, this set the state for ideal ripening conditions and wonderful flavor development in the berries, which is like you can taste it. It's so delicious. The first of their Napa Valley fruit from their Soda Canyon Ranch vineyard arrived at the winery on August 28th. I told you I was going to tell you the entire life of this fucking body. <laughs> yeah. It arrived on August 28th of that, of 2014. Um, and the harvest continued at a moderate pace. And the last grapes were harvested on September 29th. So that's not a big window, y'all. From August 28th to September 29th. This is a really cute special bottle. So with that being said... The drop continued on, and the 2014 vintage then proved to be otherwise manageable with conditions rife for producing wines of exceptional quality. So this is the birth story of this particular baby and the conditions that produced it. So it's mm. definitely enjoy it because unless you're going to pick up several of these bottles, it's going to come and go, and you won't get it. Okay, it. so eat a black olive. Okay. And then try the wine okay. because that's fucking amazing. I don't do, well. I don't do you olives. You don't do olives? Nope. I love olives. Oh, that's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. But I will try it with the pepperoni and cheese thing. Or salami. What is that? Uh, prosecco? Yeah. Prosecco. prosecco. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Definitely good. Okay. Time. Yeah. So we're going to savor this shit. <laughs> that definitely pulled out vanilla notes for me. Okay. So the prosecco and the cheese, mm-hmm. for me, is bringing out the tobacco. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. I, yeah. I think the cheese does that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> Thank you, Beast. We love you. Yes. This is wonderful. <laughs> oh, my God. This is the life God wants me and to have. And you started a trend, and now you spoiled us. <laughs> I told you, this is the life God wants me to have. <laughs> Drinking no. $120 bottles of wine, oh my God. being a kept woman, and being enjoyed for my severe fabulousness. <laughs> now... I don't, I do not consider myself a wine connoisseur whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I like what I like, as long as it's not vinegar. And even then, I, I tolerated most of that vinegar you wine. Do. So, yeah. you know, like I have a low Pilgrim's, standards. Pilgrim's Pride wine. <laughs> I know. Mm. Pilgrim's Pride. Oh, my God. <laughs> I definitely, the first thing I noticed on this was how much smoother it is. Mm-hmm. It is. You brought that up, and yeah. that was the first thing. That's that the difference between me. this and even a twenty or thirty dollar bottle of wine, right? right. But, but definitely between the ten and fifteen dollar bottle of wines that we usually, which are perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. But when you taste this against those, though, even though we don't think those are bitter compared to this, they are exactly. I mean, we're gonna go right back to those after we finish this bottle. We will. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's gonna because, be sad. <laughs> yeah, it will be sad. <laughs> I think we we we've. On our best day, gone to fucking store and bought 10 bottles and still only cranked out at about $72. So this is like this one bottle with the with this budget, budget um, you could literally buy at least 10 bottles. Right, of what we usually of drink. Of what we usually drink. 
So we're definitely gonna save this. Thank you, Beast. This is quite Thank an experience. You. But we'll definitely post a picture of this fabulous bougie bottle of yes, wine yes. for you guys to enjoy. And this is probably six times out of our normal price range, so don't kill us. Um, <laughs> let us have nice things. If you oh, would like to, sponsor. if you would like to buy a hundred and fifty dollar bottle of wine, because there's only nothing, but there's nowhere to go but up. Right. Really? Um, because mm-hmm. I was going to say, if you just want to sponsor a $20 bottle of wine, we're cool with that. Too. Oh, absolutely. Oh, no, we're totally fine with that. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, if there's someone listening out there who enjoys competition the and the finer things in life, um, if you would like to make CR Beast. CR 120 and raise us 130. <laughs> if you would like to make Beast your bitch, then. <laughs> oh, he's going to come back and buy $500 bottle. Him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He will not be outdone. I can tell you that right now. Right so now. if anybody no. would like. Bidding war that involves us <laughs> drinking the wine. <laughs> we're here for that. Yeah, we will take one. We're for the here team. for that. All right, All right so right. we're gonna take a quick break so we can eat. Yes, eat yeah. fabulous yeah. food with this wine. Be right back. All right, so I'm drunk. <laughs> Are oh you? I mean, I'm a little. I'm a little tipsy. My tolerance is crazy. I totally have a buzz. Of course, your tolerance is crazy, Missy. <laughs> You're young. <laughs> you can like fucking drink I three bottles have... of wine and I still help like speak a sentence, which well, obviously I have a tr- I'm having trouble right, with right you've now. Had a third of a bottle. Actually, not even that much. Could you didn't finish your glass? I will tell you one thing though. I don't wake up the same anymore like I did at like 23 or 24. It's starting to get to you. I like when I wake up the next morning. I'm like shit. Yeah. Bus rental. <laughs> <laughs> so we've we've eaten, we've drank, and then we drank some more, and then eaten some more. <laughs> so now we're ready to pop. It was delicious. Thank you. It was. Mm. I like to. I love to spoil my girls with food. Ow. I do. I love to cook for y'all. Um, it's like one of my passions. And the food is always delicious. Pairs well with paired paired well with our bougie ass bottle. And I mean, I'm yes. not like the best chef or cook or anything like that. Um, it's very basic. But Everything would, we make is delicious. Thank you, but I would like to get better at it. I would like to try like new stuff. But so let's get into what. Um, the fuckery shit that's been well, going on this actually, week. Well, actually, before we do that, my glass is empty. Oh, so Mishy, you want to pop some new shit? I do want to pop some new shit. Okay, so uh, from the last bottle that we had, so we had the 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 bottle, the that, silver oak bottle, yes, the expensive bougie bottle, and then we hop right back to Texas because um, <laughs> y'all already know. Yeah, uh, we picked up a McPherson Tricolore, um, which is. Delicious. Um, it is good. It's very delicious. It's three colors in Spanish. Oh, you don't say. Yes. Oh, wow. I was wondering what trait. It's like half an obvious. Color it means. Excusez-moi. Pardon. Pardon me. Excusez-moi. And uh, we we had another McPherson variety, but this is basically... You're going to see a pattern here with all the wines that we're having today. Um, this is from... McPherson Cellars, uh, which this is a Tricolore, which as Ray said, it's a combination of three wines. So the combination of varieties in here are Voyeur, which we had a Voyeur that we really liked. (laughs) We did. We believe you. Oh, we believe you. We just don't remember. We drank a lot. Um, And then um, a Consult and a Kerrigan. Um, And these are... 
combined together. And what they say is that it is um, the goal was to form a union that would be galactic. Oh, intergalactic. Very planetary. Oh my, please don't, Roboto. The goal, Mr. Roboto. I'm so sick of you, bitches. The goal was to form a union. Sorry, that's a soccer in me. Jesus, we're not getting anywhere tonight. Um, the goal was to form a union that would be of a galactic, that would be of galactic proportions, intense, and often rebellious, like me. <laughs> Barry character <laughs> from Consult, which is 67% of the bottle, which is rich, smoky, and has violet aromas of Carrigan. Uh, 29%. Uh, Carrigan and the tropical flavors of Voyant, which is 4%. Um, excuse me, I'm pushing the table, trying to get closer to the mic. So together, these three wines spent time in the craft of an old master um, venture, and they were aged to perfection and melded into a wine that could take on an empire of food. This is a really good food wine, and it is super delicious. Definitely, if you're drinking it or uh-huh. you have a great glug glug, you sis. Gluggy. Um, what the hell did I just say? Gluggy. I know. Gluggy. Taste it. It has a white whiteness to it because of the voyeur. Um, you really like it. It's kind of crispy for a red. Try it. Super delicious. Uh, so, that's what we had. And this is the 2016 Tricolore. Whatever, right? Mishi is a, a good Tricolore. example Tricolore. of somebody who is bilingual. And even though French, Spanish, Italian are not her second, or not, not her language. other languages, but somebody who's bilingual can definitely transition and speak and pronounce other languages very well. Yes. yes. 1,506 cases of this remained, and this comes in at LC 13.5. So, good bottle for under 10 bucks. Hot diggity. Uh, McPherson, you know, send a case or two down here for right. sponsorship. That was what we had prior, and if we're going to jump into another pop, uh, I don't know if you guys want to jump into another bottle, you want to wait, because we have another bottle. We should wait. Okay, let's, we can let's wait. Do, can we, let, let's do like our first topic, and then, okay. and then we'll follow <laughs> yeah. Right? I'm ready to open all the bottles. Yeah. Just I know, I know. <laughs> oh, also, before we start, I want to give some shout outs okay. to the people that I work with. They've been so supportive. It started with Karen, who I told um, about the podcast. I gave her a shout out a couple of weeks ago. But then she's basically decided to tell the entire company um, <laughs> that, I, that I have a podcast. I ran into my boss's boss the other day at the door, and he was like, guess what I listened to? Um, and I was like, what? He was like, drunk bitches in politics. Yes. Uh, so he, he really liked it. He thought we were funny. Um, and so shout out to Leo. It was Hi, Leo. And Hi, you guys would love Leo. Can, is it, are you allowed to call your boss adorable? He is adorable. Yeah. Yes. He's super fun and so adorable, so cute, and just a genuinely nice person. Uh, so shout out to you, Leo, and I hope that you enjoyed the podcast today. Thank you, <laughs> And Leo. shout out to you, Karen, for basically becoming the marketing team whenever thought we needed. Thanks, love it. Karen. <laughs> love it. Love it. We, hey, we'll get it where we can. I love it. Thank you, Karen. Um, so let's get into, um, as I was saying before, the fuckery shit of this past week. So it kind of started la- like week before last 
but it was kind of on the edge of it, the mm-hmm. whole Epstein fuckery shit. And and the Epstein's saga story has been around for a couple of decades. Mm-hmm. But he was arrested week before last right. at the New York airport, right? I think so. Yeah, New York yes. airport. Yeah. By well, airport. it was his, uh, they raided his New York mansion. Okay, okay. He was arrested um, on charges of sex trafficking, which he's... Well, let me let me help you out. Here. Okay. Yeah. So they did charge him with operating a sex trafficking ring and sexually abusing dozens of underage girls. When the federal agents arrested him, they raided his New York mansion, and that's where they discovered child pornography. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Yep. And there was yeah. also like some money, about three hundred fifty thousand dollars, exchanged to. Like just in cash? Um, yeah. And these are possible p- payments to possible co-conspirators. Um, and the reason why this is so kind of like, I guess, polarizing mm-hmm. is the relationships that he has and the links that he has to the president. Right. Uh, because and let's be honest, former presidents. And, and former presidents yeah. as well. A lot of uh, probably, and we're going to find out more people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a just lot the, of shoes I, are gonna I, drop. I, I guarantee you, that's the tip of the iceberg. This guy owns a fucking private island. Yes, he owns airplanes, a private island. He's definitely a flight risk. Uh, they were trying to say that he should just be detained to his mansion. Yeah, uh, this gives me the maybe detained to a fucking jail cell. I yeah. mean, right? This gives me the heebie-jeebies. Simple for the simple fact of the episode that we listened to of Crime Junkie. Ha- shout out to Crime Junkie. Shout out to Crime yes. Junkie. We don't have a whole lot of overlap with <laughs> our, our listeners, but um, yeah, if you're a Crime Junkie, we wish. <laughs> we wish. I mean, we can do a crossover episode. There's a lot of crime in politics, as yes. you can see. But they, they every fucking day with this president. They did an episode about a private island, child pornography, and all of the shit that's in this, and I couldn't help but like notice the parallels. And of it. that in that case, they had they talked about there were links to government high, officials, government officials, high uh, high profile people, mm-hmm. Hollywood, mm-hmm. and that's the same kind of shit that I mean, Epstein has ties to. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, if anybody's seen the movie Taken, which scared the shit out of me. Mm. Have, you, yes. have y'all seen Taken? Yeah, we, uh, yes. Liam Wilson. Liam, Liam, Liam Neeson. Neeson. Yes. <laughs> Hello, Neeson. wine, whatever. Yes. Um, and, I mean, I know when that movie came out, everybody was like, oh, you know, I mean, yeah, it's a great movie, but this is not really how it happens. Mm-hmm. No, that's really how this fucking shit happens. How do yes. you think they fucking knew about it, right? Yeah. So, I mean, they have this island. I guarantee you that's what's going on there. Mm-hmm. I mean, or, or they A get, private or island with no oversight? Right. Right, in, in private airplanes and jets and all this mm-hmm. stuff. I mean... It's I, pretty fucking sick. Yeah, We're going to um, find out that a lot of people, and probably people that we like, or, former, or formerly liked, and possibly been mm-hmm. voted for, and I'm not talking just about Clinton. Yeah. I'm talking about, I think there's probably going to be Congress people, senators, I think there's going to be leaders from other countries. One thing that I feel like I've learned as I've gotten older... Like Justin Trudeau. Oh, God, Right. No. Oh, no. I was like, I don't want to hear Where the fuck that come from? I'm just saying he's the only good one left. Right. So like, it's kind of like when we're talking about actors that are committing like, the rape and sexual harassment like, and sexual assault. Please don't be Tom Hanks. Please don't be Tom Hanks. <laughs> like J. 
Jason told me, he's like, dude, if it's Tom Hanks, he goes, I'm done. It's just certain people. Yes, like, that is the guy that just, you know, he's not perfect, but... I mean, like, also, please don't be Barack Obama. Like, you you say... So, have you seen... So, there's this great meme that it's a picture of Michelle and Barack. My president would never. And it it goes, and they're, like, embracing each other as, like... Here's one person who's not worried one damn bit about Epstein. No, nope. <laughs> right. Zero fucks given. No. Yeah, no. sleeping like a baby. I think exactly. we're good. I think we're. I think we're. I don't worry about him. No, no. But I just. I. And I think what I have found in my, I would say, my older age, but as I've gotten older, is that people disappoint all yes. the time. Oh, people suck, dude. And yeah. I mean, we've we have found out just from our time knowing each other, right, over the past few years, that mm-hmm. people that. I thought were, I, I wouldn't put, say I put them on a pedestal, but I had a lot of respect for and stuff like that. Disappoint. The, right. They're and trash. They're trash. Thank yeah. you, Mishy. Yeah. Mishy breaking it down and just like putting it out there. The hot they're take trash. of the day. Yes. <laughs> yes. And when something like, when somebody like Epstein comes out, which I mean, I've, he's been talked about for decades. Decades. Yes. This guy's been talked about for decades. Well, and Finally, something's being done. So you think somebody thing. didn't know Wait, about this let shit? Me, right. Let me, let me go back a little bit because you guys are, I think you're forgetting about the fact that he's already been convicted. Right. Yeah. So 11 years ago, they prosecuted him in Florida. Mm-hmm. They, they they got an awful, awful deal with Epstein. Epstein. Oh, you uh, mean the sweetheart deal? Yes. Yeah. His, from his viewpoint, sweetheart deal. Oh. From our t- perspective, a shitty deal. Yeah. And that allowed him to avoid a bunch of charges. He got, I believe it was 16 months in quote-unquote jail that allowed him six days a week to leave jail to go to work. Now, we, I mean, we could go off on a whole And pray tell Rail who was the person who oversighted this. Well, <laughs> funny that you ask that. The official in charge of that deal would be none other than Alex Acosta. Who is he, Ray? Well, up until today, today <laughs> he served as Trump's labor secretary. You don't fuck. Really? I know. So is and isn't the Secretary of Labor the one who actually oversees sex trafficking cases like federally? And I don't I don't think so. I don't really? know about that. Is it true? I mean it's labor, but it's not really that kind of labor. <laughs> No, no, it's it's abuses. Of it's it's abuses, oh, it's abuses of, labor. of labor. Yeah, that's huh, why that's maybe? why I said that. Man, y'all just totally fucked up my life. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Oh, was it a movie we were supposed <laughs> to laugh? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I was waiting for that, Mishy. <laughs> we um, I didn't get a whole 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 for Mishy. <laughs> you get you got it. No, actually, that's how, that's how fucking ironic all this shit is. Is that he's the fucking Secretary of Labor. And that's the person who is the oversight, the federal oversight for abuses of labor, abuses. which includes child sex trafficking and sex trafficking, okay. human trafficking, all I of that I didn't know if that would be included Seems there. like he didn't do his labor. Or that he was maybe put in that position for a reason. <laughs> because there no are. No pun intended. Right. There's <laughs> ties between all of these different people. Trump has ties to him. Acosta has ties. This, honestly, this it's entire administration and the ties that it has, it's, it's not even t- at this point, I just have the heebie-jeebies. Like, it's right. just, it's past tenfold head time and conspiracy. When you have things like this popping up, it's just like, it. we're venturing into the creepy now. This shit has gotten super creepy and out of control, and I'm starting to believe in lizard people because it's like, what else could be it's true at this point? It's that uncanny valley, right. you know, that people talk about where it's like the fake thing starts to get too real. 
This is where we are. And and I was having a conversation with Karen this morning, who I just gave a shout out to, and I'm like, fucking Sarah Sanders is still unfucking defeated as the longest serving cabinet member, and that bitch ain't even got no fucking job. And she's still the longest serving cabinet member of Trump's cabinet. And and also, historically, I was looking at some stats just about presidents and where they were at this time in their current presidency. So historically, as far as like um, his turnaround rate with stat with like cabinet members, staffers, whatever you want to call them, Trump isn't in a whole other field on his own. So imagine that. At the, so at this time, um, in Obama's presidency, he had zero people who had left. On any of his appointed oh positions. Wow. And at this point in time, in George W.'s presidents, he'd only had one. So overall, of all the presidents, he's like probably has the most. Uh, because this turnaround rate is like unprecedented. It's never yeah. been leaving the There's multiple bingo cards at this point. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. So, yeah. <laughs> and I understand that, generally speaking... Working in the White House is a very high-functioning job. You know, you are working long hours, stressful, a lot of pressure. I mean, I've watched The West Wing twice. I feel very comfortable. (laughs) The whole of gross political references. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it really is. And, yeah, you see, I mean, just the... (laughs) But, so, yeah. Hashtag Josh Lyman for president. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, um, at this point in time, I looked at, uh, like, the last 10 presidents, nowhere near close. So, he's definitely, as far as the turnaround rate goes, he is bringing them in and taking them right out. It's a combination of shit people who are really not qualified to do the jobs that they've been hired to do. Right. He puts... Nepotism. Right. He puts people in positions because... They are, he believes them to be loyal to him. Uh-huh. So he's either thanking them for previous loyalty or he's a paranoid shit who only wants people he thinks he can or, trust around. Right. Him. So either I, you have already proven your loyalty or to me. Or bully so and manipulate you this, them into doing what he wants. Right. Or I'm putting you in this position so you will be loyal to me. Right. And then when you let me down, you resign. So what was interesting about Acosta's resignation was that. Actually, real quick, right before we move on to Acosta, I wanted to um, mention some other piece that we talked, we, we briefly talked about the fact that Epstein has um, connections with Trump and Clinton. But the interesting thing is that this case was assigned to the public corruption prosecutors in Manhattan. And that means prob- public corruption prosecutors, man, that's a mouthful. They handle cases involving public servants. So that means some of his clients, conspiracy, whatever what you want to call dealings. <clears throat> yes, he has had dealings with public servants. What mm-hmm. I tell you, I'm telling. Yes. I'm just telling you, like yes. this, this, this guy Epstein has a fucking black book that is in a safe deposit box or in a safe somewhere, like a titanium fucking safe. Yeah. On Do we an think island? he's gonna sing like a fucking canary and start dropping yes. names or what? Oh because yeah. Here's the thing. He got a sweetheart deal once. For a reason. Right. But you ain't getting that twice. You don't get that lucky. You do not right. get that lucky. And have... he was in Florida, so I don't know. Who did he know in Florida that, that maybe had done some uh, shit? I don't even think he it was got... really anything no, no, about no. Florida. Oh, I'm I'm saying. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even think it was Florida. I think it was just his connections. To, to the people. United States government, yeah. period. Yeah. 
Um, they asked for him to release him from jail on a $77 million bail package. And that would confine him to house arrest in his Manhattan mansion. So I, which I'm like, no, fuck you. This is a difficult think, life, isn't right? it? Like, I wish I could be upgraded to that. I think one or two things is going to happen. I think one, he's going to sing like a canary because maybe finally we have prosecutors and investigators stuff like that that are not rapist mm-hmm. and child molesters and pedophiles. Mm-hmm. So none of them are tainted with mm-hmm. any of his black books. What do, what do we think about the influence of his relationship with the president and how far that can be extended? Um, you mean like the president pardoning him or? Not pardoning or just, him. I'm talking about the shit that we can't see. Tinfoil had right. time. Here. Oh, yeah. Because like he, he has been given a sweetheart deal in the past. It's not because that he just got a break. Yeah. I, there are people who are doing fucking life sentences under three strikes law for much less bullshit. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So this is definitely his connections. And I'm wondering, do we think that he could be aided in some form of like another sweetheart deal that we don't know? Well, I think it will depend on these prosecutors and investigators like that. Like, how are how influenced will they be? Or mm-hmm. are they willing to go go the toe, like toe the whatever? Toe to toe. Thank you. Um, so, I think that's going to happen, right? Where he mm-hmm. is going to sing like a canary and they're going to be like, oh, we got all this shit. We're going we're gonna to start arresting fucking people left and right. Or he will, quote unquote, commit suicide. You read my mind. I totally see him. He will end up dead. He's gonna end up dead. And I think. And I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, talk about tinfoil head time. I don't think it's tinfoil. No, no, I'm not saying it's, it's tinfoil. I'm just saying like people. Know. Yeah, I mean, people will probably. I feel like we're writing that. a script to like a movie right now. Yeah. This might as yes. well be the House of Cards. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I don't. I could. I could actually see that being a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I could totally see it. Yeah. Okay, so you were going to segue into the piece of what's going on with Acosta. Yes, I was. And one of the things that was interesting, I was watching a clip of him a, a few days ago where he had been asked, well, is he going to hand in his resignation? And basically he was saying, well, if the president decides that he needs to leave, then the president can, you know, ask him for his resignation because he serves at the pleasure of the president. So obviously he was probably asked to leave, but one of the rumblings that I'm hearing in the background, just like from... He also news, completely made an ass of himself in that press conference. Right. <laughs> and some of the rumblings was that the president actually was not in favor of asking him to leave. He basically had told other people to try to make it work with him in this position to figure out a way to make it work. So the president's first option was not to get rid of him until some advisors came in and were like, look... He gotta go. <laughs> like this fucker got to go. Okay, God. that he wasn't even willing to make it work, and that's super fucking disgusting yeah. to me. And it's like they're just like the fact that he hired him in the beginning. He knew fucking trashy ass birds of a feather flock right. together. This I'm this is being proved more evident One every single day. Person after another, they're it's corrupt. Sick. They're liars. They've done something unethical. I mean, it, it, it's it's Trump's entire life. Right, right. I mean, since birth, his dad was a fucking con man and an, an ethical and immoral and was bad. Like, this is just... It, the apple yes. does not fall far from the no. tree. I mean... And what really creeps... And I'm t- I try not to be one of those people because, I mean, in liberal circles, we can be just as mean and crude... With some of the memes and, and pictures and images and things that we, we do, that get doctored up and shared around. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. As the, as the right yeah. can be. There's a lot that is Trump and his 
unnatural relationship with Ivanka. Mm. He says a lot of things. He does a lot of things. I also see a lot of pictures of him that have been photoshopped to make him look like he's groping Ivanka when that's not. He's al- he's also said that he'd have sex with her. Yes. So I'm not saying I would date right. her. Yeah. I'm not saying he hasn't said some weird things. I'm saying there's a lot of stuff where it's people like, have put together you don't problematic have to make shit it worse together. than it is. The shitty mm-hmm. is is there. But what really concerns me is just thinking about the fact that like she would have been at the prime age of what uh, Epstein's, you know, all the the children he was sex trafficking, and and Trump had no problem being around a person like that. It also do you do you remember the story of and this is I mean this is a proven story I mean they were. There were contestants that came out and, ver- and verified this, but that he barged in the on Miss the Miss Teen USA when they were in their bra and panties. Yes. Yes. You guys can't see me right now, but I just like yeah, your my eyes, face my face eyes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So these are these are girls, right? Because I think you have to be they were under, under eighteen. Under eighteen, but some of them are 14, 15, 16, Where he barged in because he owns it, right? I own it. Um, and these are girls that are in their bras and panties and he walk and he barges in the room <clears throat> and yeah. walks through to, to, um, investigate them. This is so sick. All of it is sick. And it's this disturbing. Is a it gives yeah. me the heebie-jeebies. It gives me the fucking creeps. You dirty fucking pieces of shit. Like, ugh, like what is even going on? Like, what is this? Yeah. Well, I can tell you, like, I, I just... From the um, acquaintances, friends of friends that I know, you know, are Trump, are still Trump supporters, were Trump supporters, voted for, like they didn't believe it, like they never believed anything. They're this not going to believe any and of this shit. Like it could, yeah. At it, this point, we're at a point now where we're no, we're no longer attributing any of it to ignorance or right. the fact that oh, you don't know any better. No, you know, you've been presented with the facts. At this point, you've chosen a side. Right. And you've chosen what you're going to accept. And it is ever the reflection of your character and the kind of person that you yeah. are. That's where we are at this point. I compare it to, and I'm sure I'm going to alienate some people, and I'm sorry, not sorry, people that still have a lot of faith in the Catholic religion. Because I grew up oh. Catholic. Same here, Ray. You and I exactly. talked about this. Yeah. You know, the fact that you can still have as much faith in, in this thing when you have seen there is a entire web of cover-up oh yeah with that it still goes on you know uh i'm getting off on a little bit of a tangent but the movie spotlight that came out Mm -hmm. several years back that talked about when the boston globe uncovered all of this Mm -hmm. and my oldest daughter is now 27 years old and we talked about that movie when it came out and she was just like i didn't see what the big deal was because i mean how are you surprised? They're freaking priests that were molesting kids. Because she grew up and with it. And that's the yeah. thing. I said, you grew up in an era where mm-hmm. everybody knew it. Mm-hmm. That story is why what was, everybody what knows it. What was the Netflix show? The Keepers. The Keepers. Mm-hmm. Yes. They also talked about the same kind that's, of thing. Just so That's much. the show that still gives me nightmares. Oh, my God. Talking about a, a horror show, a horror documentary. Full body chills. No. Yes. No. You, you're not even seeing it, Michelle? No, and I won't. I'm not going to. Oh, uh, yeah. I would caution you. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm not going but, to. Like, no. I mean, but, and it's the same thing. It's, it it's, involves a mannequin. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. But it's, it's that whole world of pedophilia. And I don't know if anybody's ever watched but the it's robot. Absolute power watched... and power corrupts. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. The have, you ever, have you ever watched the robot with the guy? So the, have you ever heard? You heard of the show, the robot, right? Mm-mm. We are so going. I know. It's okay. No, it's, I took it's, us there. I know. I'm it's sorry. okay. 
But it's the guy who plays um, uh, Freddy in Bohemian Rhapsody. It's his, oh, iRobot. iRobot. I, is it iRobot? No, that's the Will Smith movie. That's the Will Smith movie. Yeah, this is just Robot. I you bitches get your references together. Anyway, no, but in in that, he's like a, a, a yes, tech genius. I know genius. What you're talking about. He's a tech genius or whatever. And they get into the dark web. Aside from watching documentaries and stuff like that, like, that's how all of this stuff works now. And I guarantee, like, Epstein, like, they found child pornography. Did they find magazines? Because there's probably shit on files and uh, uh, the whole dark web thing. I mean, I'm just wondering, like, did right. they say how they found all that? They did not say. Okay. I didn't have that in my okay. It was probably some on computers. Things I'm going to get. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Especially so if you're doing shit like you're not know, keeping that kind of evidence around. Get somebody getting in your computer. And I mean, I don't know. All of this is some fucking bullshit. I'm sick <laughs> of you all fucking shit. Mr. Robot is what it was called. Mr. Oh, Robot. Oh, So Ray looked it up while we were talking. Thank Corrupting you, Ray. Corrupting the world and adding more evil than what's already around here. Fuck you guys and like, screw you guys, as Cartman would say. Was it Cartman from South Park? Screw you guys. <laughs> screw you guys. You know, Can't you just okay. go back to drawing dirty pictures like they did in the olden days? You know what? Like, yeah. Like, I just, just, you're sick. And you, you guys, if anybody has some happy shit I can watch or listen to, to just like restore my faith in humanity, give me some happy shit. Like I'm pretty, all these past couple of weeks all I'm realizing is like people fucking suck. And I need something to restore my, like my faith in humanity. We need to go watch Lion King. Oh, yeah. you haven't watched the Hemis Let's go too? watch. <laughs> Fuck you, Ray. Yeah, that's shit. I'm Let's like, go watch the Lion King. Can we go watch the Lion King? No, let me tell you how that's gonna ruin your life too. No, you. I will cut you. I fucking love the Lion King. I will fucking cut you. But the problem is, it is such a shot for shot remake. I don't need that. Your spoilers. Listen, all of the emotions. Ray's not stopping. Listen, all of the emotions that you see in the drawn Disney version that we know and love. The whole Simba's scared face and everything like that they made it so photorealistic that they don't have the human looking emotional faces that they did so the soul of it is gone it is beautiful the movie hasn't even fucking come I out yet hard review oh whatever oh, so you haven't seen it i can't even see it next week to your own opinion but she's still gonna go see it i already bought my tickets i Disney, take my fucking money, in okay? In the year of our Lord and Savior, Beyonce, everything is going to be okay. <laughs> okay? Right. We're going to be delivered. Oh, my gosh. Next topic. So, another happy news. Let's yes. talk about the ice raids. <laughs> I know. I was going to say, Mishy, you wanted me to give you something good, but unfortunately, when we're talking about our pods, until we get to raise Bay of the Day... We don't really it's all a bunch of fuck shit, y'all. You know what? This week, I'm skipping asshole because you know what? There are so many assholes in these topics. We don't need any more. Like Epstein, oh, Acosta, no, right. every ICE agent. It's all of it. There's there's no need for Immigration bonus and assholes. And homeland so, security. Before we get deep into the ICE discussion, I was actually having a discussion about this particular topic with a friend of mine earlier this week on the phone. And The old-fashioned way? Yeah. And no fucking lie. I mean, this is fucking Google at its best. Like, it, it's it's 1984, George Orwell kind of type shit. Like, it just freaks me out. But at the same time, you're like, whoa. So, I get off the phone, and I pull up my Facebook. And what is the first thing that pops up on Facebook? Is how to avoid ice. Ooh, that was the video. Because Google is fucking... 
fucking listening to our conversation. Oh, yeah. And that we were concerned. So instead of an article about how to, like, tell, tattletale on people, right? Mm -hmm. Google could tell by our conversation that we were worried about people. So if my mother-in-law had been on the phone with you, it's just like, you notice that all them people, they got the, the sad faces and angry face reacts, all got them Latino last names. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, God. She would have gotten the other article. She would have gotten how to report your neighbor. Exactly. <laughs> oh, exactly. no. Yeah. How to call ISIS. So yeah, the, and the, the main conversation, or I would say the main topic of this conversation I had with a friend of mine, who is the listener? Thank you. He knows who he is. We talk all the time. We work together. But hey, hey. yes, um, is that I said? I said, look. I go right now. Ice can't break your door down. They cannot. I go, but let me just tell you. As soon as ice becomes the Gestapo. Thank you. I, and I did. And I know it's people think it's tenfold hot to bring up Nazi Germany. I go, but this is how it happened there. It was a 10-year process. Read your fucking history books. It was a process. And soon, they will be breaking doors down. Soon, you will be having to tell on your neighbors or you will be in there with them. And and to play devil's advocate, because I have read some things where people talk about, you know, the the opposite side of that is that the difference being that in Nazi Germany, those people were in their home areas. They were... Legal to be there until they were until made they illegal. Weren't. Well, they made them illegal until to be they there. made them illegal. Whereas in our situation, these people that are undocumented are not here legally, and therefore, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm are we saying, getting into the conversation because I got time for this? Go conversation. ahead. I, I, I'm just telling you no, that I think the counter argument because I'm not saying that I agree with it. I'm saying the counter but argument. But the thing about it, it's right. They were already there legally. They with. By changing laws, they made them illegal. Mm-hmm. But it's the same thing, though, right? right. It's In other the words, idea that people come knocking on your doors, rate, rating you, and encouraging is people that to that laws are going to be changed under our nose without us knowing where they can then break in the doors where now they can't. Mm-hmm. Mishy, floor is yours, baby. As our resident immigrant, because you are technically the only one that is fully... Uh, experienced in all of this stuff yes so i i don't know if any of our listeners know that i am um an immigrant directly i'm not a first generation anything i'm actually an immigrant i came here when i was nine from zimbabwe with my parents and i've had to go through the entire immigration system and at certain parts in my life i've had to live in the shadows um and i have been that person that was undocumented and had to find a pathway to citizenship that i'm still currently dealing with because uh they're still could have could have had a full ride to a scholarship right. with a good college would, and yeah. but it's like still i lost all of those things because and one of the things and i think it's important to discuss this when we're having this discussion is that a lot of people look at the immigration system and they'll tell you oh you just apply for asylum or you just <laughs> no the, right the, the united states of any of the developed countries has the most complicated immigration system that is the most restrictive so basically to break it down to you there are probably only three pathways to citizenship so that's either through naturalization through some sort of event that includes either being married to a united states citizen being the parent or a sibling of a united states citizen 
or through a job um, mm-hmm. where you come in and then even that process is very rare to come in. So, and even when you apply for asylum, you don't go apply for asylum at some embassy or you have to be on American soil. You have to step in the United States to apply for asylum. And most of the time, those things are so, res- it's so restrictive when you have a country that only gives you three pathways to legality or tells you to get in a line and get a visa with the rest of like the other five billion people mm-hmm. who are trying to come here. And that's not reasonable for someone who's trying to flee turmoil. And let's, at this point, let's call a spade a spade, not a garden fork. The United States has contributed to conditions that people are currently fleeing from to come here. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's a, that's a whole other podcast, but we've destroyed Central America. Right. So the now drug the, wars oh, are on. the wars that we started. So now people are coming here and they're knocking down at the door trying to get in. And then they're telling you, oh, go back, go back to where you're fleeing danger and apply while you're there. Guys, that's not how it works. Yeah. Even as someone who has a green card, when you try to apply for a green card for someone who is miles and miles away, their process can take years as opposed to if they're already here. And so most of the time, just already being here saves your life. And it makes the process go by faster if you have that pathway. But to be honest with you, there's no real pathway to citizenship. So even being married, it, even to an American used to, be, used to be the easiest way, right? Yeah, we've all heard the talk about green card marriages right, and stuff. Right, right. They made it sound so easy. You're just but like, even if you're married, you've had children, you can marry you. Yeah, there's can, there's certain things that can disqualify you from that even like mattering or being a factor. And there's no real immigration system in a pathway to citizenship, especially for someone like me. I'll be very transparent about my story. My parents came here and when we came here, we came here on what they call a B1, B2 visa. It's essentially a visitor's visa. And what it does is it allows you if you're fleeing someplace or you need to get here quickly or whatever, it's the best way to get here. And then you come here and then you go, okay, now let me look at my options. Because Zimbabwe was a dictatorship right at that fled. point and was, my my was, parents had the foresight to say you know what we're going to texas and you came and, right at the time that that government was collapsing right right at the cusp so my we then came here and visited visas and then my the next step was to be like okay then we're gonna figure out what to do once we get there i mean this is the land of the free for crying out loud surely there's a process for someone who's come here legally right. to then become a legal resident right there's absolutely no fucking pathway for a person who comes here on a visitor's visa to then declare that unless it's asylum which they're not handing over you have to make a very tough case Mm -hmm. for it to get it to then say i really i really need to be here so then what happens is you either keep going and as you either keep going back which is not cheap for a family of five yeah. Every other six months and hoping that the visa gets renewed mm-hmm. or you stay and you overstay that visa, you fall out of status and Which become the majority undocumented. Of the undocumented immigrants are, are people who are, fall out. And guys, people don't fall out of status because it's fucking enjoyable. We fall out of status because we have no fucking options. Mm-hmm. There's no way to, you might get an extension maybe once or twice, but that's not enough if you've chosen this for a place to live. You could be someone who's coming from your home country with a bachelor's degree or a master's or a doctor, and you come here and you're basically nothing. And you're trying to meet, you're just trying to make ends meet. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? So there's just no pathway. So don't 
Don't listen to this. People will tell you, oh, you got to go online and wait your turn. Guys, there's no real pathway to this thing. Right. So other than to show up here and declare a solemn and hope that you get chosen. And if not, if you're fleeing danger and it's a case of life and death, you're going to do what the fuck it takes to get you and your family out of there. Right. And be damned all the bureaucracy and all the red tape and all of that fucking bullshit. You want to know where your immigration problems are going to be solved you need immigration reform. You need to give people the opportunity to be here legally. <laughs> and you don't give people that and, opportunity. And right? all the while, your parents were a, building a business. Absolutely. Paying taxes. Absolutely. Homeowners. Yeah. Paying property taxes. Yeah. And so eventually... You were you know, an, an ex, an, a scholar I was in a scholar. School. I was. I had a full-ride scholarship to a private school. And my future, <clears throat> there's no telling what it could have been if I had been able to receive those scholarships and apply for all of that stuff. But eventually, I You'd felt... You'd be an immigration lawyer right now. <laughs> I would be. And I will be someday. Um, and I, so I fell out of status. And I immediately found myself hiding and living in the shadows being a person who came here as nine this is my second home i love this country i have friends here and like and this was at a time where things started getting really bad for me and where i was like i'm just gonna stay inside there was if you know people who knew me as a teenager i lived in my room for the most part like i stayed inside because i was like there's no way i'm gonna get arrested and get thrown in detention yeah. I love the Quinn will tell you that when he met me, he was like, you never go anywhere. I'm like, this is the safest place for me because this was the time where Farmers Branch passed that law oh, yes, we and did. they were really trying to crack down. Like they were wanting apartment lease agents to start acting as ice, mm -hmm. you know, and shit was so bad. And I was like, I'm just going to like mind my business yeah. and try to see what happens. And had I not fallen in love and found myself where I am now, which was eventually my pathway to legality, I would have probably been in uh, DACA limbo. Yeah, because um, yeah, you were a dreamer. Because I was a dreamer, and I was yeah. one of the people who fiercely... It was actually... The way I entered politics was I was fiercely advocating for a Clean Dream Act that I would have been in DACA limbo to this day and yeah. hoping that something happens. So this is coming from someone who came here in two, the year 2000. Um, this year in How December... How long have you had your green card? I've had my green card since 2014. Um, and, which is the most interesting story was now that I found my pathway to citizenship, which is my husband we fell in love we now had those fees that we needed to pay. So we got married in 2010. I didn't become a green card holder until 2012. And that's when I turned in my paperwork. And then the green card came in around 2014, around that time. Two right. years. Right. So here's the thing. That it I, took two years? Right. Exactly. Jesus so Christ. After thousands of dollars, my husband had to get a third job. My husband worked three jobs just to provide for us. And then set money aside for us to be able to. While well, you were working, no, no, I couldn't she work. Couldn't work. She wouldn't have an. She wasn't yeah, legal. Yeah, I wasn't legal. So. Oh. Yeah. So he had to sustain a family and then save these thousands of dollars that were needed for me. Like I, there were application fees I needed to pay, fine, fines I needed to pay for being out of status. And I'm talking thousands, over $7,000. And you people. actually paid less than some people did yeah. because you didn't have to hire an immigration lawyer. Because I did all the paperwork myself. Right. Out of this. Because you're fucking brilliant. But not only that, yeah. because I was poor as shit. Because Quinn and I met with an attorney. He was like, oh, in addition to the fees, <laughs> <laughs> my fee is $7,000. But she's and like, I'll learn this shit. And, and I did. And, and one of, of the, if there are any immigrants, 
nursing out there who are going through a process. She's going to get an honorary, like, <laughs> like doctorate one day. There was, there was a website that was so pivotal to helping me process all the paperwork. Because what I had learned, the number one lesson I learned from a website called Visa Journey was the worst thing that you could ever do is not turning all the things you needed to turn in and then fall back in line and end up at the back of the line again. And so when I turned in my paperwork, the day I went to the post office and I held an envelope that was probably a pound thick and I prayed over it before I threw it in the bin, the only thing was to hope that that envelope did not come back to me and I fell back in line. I had posted my every move of my single life over the past 15 years at that point in that envelope and we, we were so nervous that when we went to the immigration interview the guy put to the interview okay good because i was going to ask it i've heard this story before i, I haven't heard this story you, before it's, we, my husband's entire at this point Cindy, my oldest was probably like three and we finally we've paid the fees we've gotten there and then we have the interview that's going to decide whether i'm going to get the green card or not and the entire time it's like when you marry someone who when it's i say quinn and i are not in an interracial relationship we're an intercultural relationship <laughs> uh, because um, and we, the interpersonality because yeah. <laughs> y'all are like fucking polar, polar opposites and he, he's in his mind we were going to Irving to go to the United States Citizenship and Immigration Services, and I was going to leave there in handcuffs on my way on a ship back to Zimbabwe. That's what he prepared himself for. Oh, my God. And it, he he couldn't even talk when we got there. And so he's a quiet person anyway. He's a quiet person but I anyway. I he was like... And, and at this time... He probably was, 10 pounds on the way there. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the, Sweating and shit in his hands. These like, interviews just, are anxiety... Yeah inducing and the, rightfully they are set up so that the people who are doing the interview can decipher which i don't know how you can but sometimes you can't decipher if the marriage is for real or it's not and you know <laughs> what so, you not i don't i don't uh, 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 you and quentin and right i mean and so at this point my husband is just like he is sweating buckets we get there and the man cannot remember a fucking thing <laughs> <laughs> he can't remember shit and it's like the interviewer could tell, like he's like, nervous. What's her middle like, name? I don't know. What's your favorite color? I don't I, know. He, he, oh, wait, you hear some of them? He, oh, the, there's there's the best thing that ever happened. Because keep in mind, in his head, things there's no way this is gonna go right. You know, he's just so nervous. Well, especially if you don't remember anything. If you don't remember anything. Well, and he's thinking that if he doesn't answer all these questions right, his right. wife is going to be taken back to Africa and he's going to be left alone with, with a child. Baby. And that's what he's thinking as and we go here. And never see the love of his life again. Right. And, not, and yeah. so that's what's in the back. That's a lot of pressure to put on someone. It's like, just a tad. It's just already like, working three jobs. <laughs> right. That's like, you know what? Don't fuck lazy. <laughs> Don't fuck this up because and that's, that's his in mind. He's like, if I fuck up, everything is going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. And and also, we know how Missy gets with him. Can you imagine the fear he no, has? No, that's why I have this she look on my face. Never, if you fuck and this up, Quentin, I swear to God, I'm going to break your phone. It was, it was Quentin doing? It'll be all right. No, but see, on this date, it was actually completely opposite. Because I'm trying to reassure him. Because I'm like, this is not, I don't want to make him nervous. Maybe this is what's happened to Quentin. Ever since that meeting, he's been like, fuck, I've been through it. I've been through I'm done. Nothing. I've been to the mountain up. I've seen it all. I've seen the promised land. Um, Nothing can fuck me up like that. And on this date, I'm like, we have nothing to 
worry about. We love each other. Like, you know, like there's people who know us. Like we had letters from our pastor, letters from like people in the community, like yeah. people who knew, we have letters, affidavits. I mean, talking notarized letters from people who just knew us as a couple. Yeah. I had pictures from like the day that we met right. to the that day. So yeah. it's like we'd had this whole relationship. It was like, look at our Facebook. Look, look at everything. I was like, you have nothing to be nervous about. But he, in his, you can't tell someone that when there's so much is riding on that. And so the interviewer gets there and he notices that Quentin is like, you know, nervous. But, and then, so he starts talking to us, asking kind of questions like, oh, you know, what color is her toothbrush? And he remembered that stuff. And what side of the bed does she sleep on? All of you that. sleep on we any don't side sleep of the bed. on any sides. What's I your, know that. <laughs> right. You know that. Um, what's your favorite dish that she makes? And then he was good with that. And then it's like. And then he, he, but he was still nervous. And then so he asks him a question and he goes, so tell me about where Michelle comes from. Who's the president of that country? And Zimbabwe at that time, the president was Robert Mugabe. Quentin goes, Mufasa. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I looked at him and I said, Lord, if he, okay, if Quentin wasn't black, that would be. Considered extremely racist. <laughs> like it was just a fupa. I, I, you know, I'm never speechless. I always have words for an occasion. <laughs> Wait, listeners can't see this, but I'm gonna do Missy's look. <laughs> My jaw was like on the, the ground, like the side eye that above all side eyes. Listen to me. <coughs> I. Are you okay, right? Did you not do this? Go. I'm telling you, my heart fell out of my ass while I was sitting there. Mufasa? Are you fucking kidding me? And so I just, I sat there and I put on this Stepford wife smile and I slightly squeezed his hand and I was like, oh, this is so great. I was like, and I was like, honey, you mean Mugabe? It can be difficult to pronounce. I understand. Yeah. And God bless the interviewer. And was it at least a I white person or something? It was a white man. And from my understanding, his background was that he'd worked as an interrogator somewhere like in the Marines or something like that. Uh-huh. So it, he he knew Quinn was nervous. And um, the protocol for these interviews is that they don't give you a decision unless it's in the middle. They don't give a verbal decision. Mm-hmm. But then he started talking to him. And he was like, you have a beautiful family. You know, you have a cute baby. I wish you brought the baby here with you. And we were like, you should have been running around. And then <laughs> yeah. so and then so he, he, he looks at Quentin. And then he says, once you leave here today, I want you to go. Do you have a favorite restaurant? And Quinn was like, I have a place that I like. And he was like, why don't you guys go there and have a celebration? <gasps> because your wife is going to get a great <laughs> And this, it's not custom for them to do that. To verbally tell you. They're supposed to give it to you in a letter. But because the guy looked at him and he knew he was so nervous and he was so worried. It was for Quinn. It was for that was the last question time. he asked him, That right? was the last question he was like, he oh, I have drugged this guy through the fucking coast. And, and it's like, at that moment, I was like, okay. And it wasn't until we stepped out of the actual building that he put his hands on his knees. He was like, oh my God. I was like, I know. It was, and I would, and we high-fived in the parking lot. We were like, we did it. And at this point, it felt like the whole new world.
world opened up for me. It felt like the sky opened up. And all of these opportunities and all of these things finally opened up for me. All these things that I never knew were going to happen. Everything changed. You didn't changed. have to worry about being arrested. I, didn't, or... I never had to look behind my back anymore. Everything changed for me that day. Right. And so I remember it as if it was yesterday. And this is just getting a green card. This, this is, is just not even becoming even a citizen. The oath of citizenship was doing. Like, finally, I get to come out of the shadows. And you guys don't. It wasn't until I was. 23 years old that I was able to step into a bar and legally buy a drink. My yeah. kid at that point was already three years old. I had I already... Drove a car. Like, oh, drove a car. Like, yeah, you people laugh at me all the time when I told them I started driving in 2014. <laughs> <It> shows. <laughs> and the first time I got on the highway was because rain. I was running late for a dinner date with rain, another friend. And I had to get on 75. Oh my God, Laura, you remember that time she was so late? <laughs> I have heard that story. Yeah. And she used to take the back roads everywhere so uh, she wouldn't have driven the highway. So when you hear these <clears throat> stories, when people tell you about how easy it is, this shit is not easy. It's a journey. And I'm now on a journey of citizenship and I'm still waiting. It's not easy. We need immigration reform. No one wants to do this, y'all. And, and I also think, too, Misha, your story, I mean, Ray and I, I mean, I hadn't heard that whole story, the Mufasa, because that's fucking that's awesome. Funny. But I've been, I've heard you talk about just be getting your green card and now on your path and now having some somewhat of a pathway to citizenship at this right. point. That I think people like Ray and myself and our three or four generations, me like since fucking the 1500s, right. we take for granted. Yeah, my people have only been here since the 1800s. <laughs> I haven't been quite as long as her. Yeah. We take it for granted that, you know, just we were just born into it, as were my father, great grandfather, great, 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 like all the way back, seriously, till the 15, like the late 1500s, early 1600s. Exactly. My family. So we just, we don't understand what that's like because we've never wanted to live anywhere else. But we also realize how great this place is and that people do want to come here to, ha to, to have another, but also, to start another life. When we talk about what, if, if we do, people like us talk about wanting to go live in another foreign country because I have just a how you, family member just how you left, talking about it. Just how you left Zimbabwe because the government's about to crumble. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We may be doing that in a few years. And you know, but, but when people like us talk about it, we talk about, oh, I'm going to go live in Costa Rica and I'll be an expatriate. You know, it's so exotic it's and whatever. As opposed to, I'm trying not to fucking die. I want to have right. my children have a family. And it's not I don't want my... So I don't want my child uh, sold into, uh, you know, drug slavery. Right. right? Or, or child sex, soldier or yes, something or like that. Yes, or sex trafficking. Yeah. But then also the other piece is that, especially here in Texas, brown people are very much the targets of when you think of an elite, a person who is here illegally. Which is such right? bullshit. Which, yeah. as Michi pointed out... The majority of people who are here, undocumented, illegal, are just came like the here illegally. Did. They came here legally and they overstayed their visa. Because they, they to, didn't have any other option. Trying to do the right thing. But right. my point is just that they're not the people that are sneaking across the border. Quote, unquote, no. sneaking across the border. They look like you. Right. And they look like us. Yes. There are people from Sweden and Russia. And Canada. And Canada. And all these other places that are coming across. But in a traffic stop. They are not going to ask you and I for our papers. And, no. and in most cases, Michi, they don't ask they you They might not ask me for papers at all. Now, if you were from Nigeria and had an accent, they absolutely, absolutely would. Absolutely would. But absolutely. you sound like a basic-ass white girl. Oh, I God, teach you about no. that all the time. And no. <laughs> no. 
I do I resent that. Raise your hand right now if you are listening to this podcast and think she sounds like a basic ass white girl sometimes. No, I do sometimes. not. Sometimes. Yes. Sometimes. That. Y'all know she oh does. You know it. You know it. She sometimes sounds like Becky. So these girls are going to scrap in the next break. <laughs> How dare I'm gonna have to pull apart. But anyway, so you're not totally wrong. The reason <laughs> YouTube, YouTube, bitch. <laughs> but it is an important thing to think of is that you know again this goes to the whole thing we talk about racial profiling with a lot of criminal things yeah. mm-hmm. is that you know our racist aunts and uncles and mother-in-laws and friends and neighbors are they are sitting there talking shit about the brown people who are coming across our borders and whatnot. And the majority of undocumented people are here. They came by plane. Right. You know? And overstayed a visa. And they overstayed their and visa. The thing about and a lot of them look just like us. Nobody yeah. wants to fucking overstay their visa. No. It's because we don't have any options after that. And yeah. most of the time, and I will tell you the option that, and you, I always talk about Quinn. Quinn is probably my hero because this is a person who most people... Or just like, he's so sweet, he's so quiet. And it's because Quentin doesn't really step in until it's time to step in. Yeah. Just to give you a, just to give you an idea of how unrealistic all of this is, when we started to file our paperwork, they needed, I was in a cycle where I couldn't get an ID because I didn't have paperwork showing that I was legal. And then I got into a situation where I couldn't get my paperwork done because I didn't have an ID to show who I truly was. So when I got invited to my biometrics interview, which is where they do your fingerprinting and your background checks and all of that, there, there was a lady there who was like, well, she has no national ID from her home country. She has a passport and I see an eight-year-old in this passport. I can't even tell if it's the same person. So there's no real way to decipher if she's who she even says she is. And so what I would advise is that she should go home. And go get an ID. Because I'm telling her, I'm like, I'm so not going to... wanted you to go back to Zimbabwe? Which would then, as an out-of-state person, would have subjected me to a 10-year ban you would never before I could apply for a visa to come back here. Mm-hmm. And so, Quinn was like, okay, run that again. So, we're here because she needs an ID from Texas. And she can't get an ID from Texas because she doesn't have any papers. And in order to get papers here, you tell her she needs an ID from her home country that she hasn't been in 14 years to go get an ID that would subject her to a 10 year ban so she could get that ID and then come back here, hopefully, if possible, to then process this paperwork. And she was like, oh, I don't make the rules. And he was like, well, I'll tell you what. I'm gonna sit here. This was my appointment was at eight o'clock. He was like, I'm going to sit here until you find me a supervisor who can make this make sense. And she's like, super. So she let us sit there. For the next seven hours with a baby until they had run through every possible walk in every possible person who were there. And it was just us three, me, Quentin, and, Z- and Sydney sitting there. They were lucky Zoe. They were lucky because Zoe would have just acted well, a no, actually, Zoe would have flipped some tables. Actually, it would have been good if Zoe was there because she would have had her fucking ID in five minutes. Because they wanted to mess the fuck out. That's true. She would have shanked somebody. <laughs> And so there was, there was. Don't a, get me wrong, we love that baby. We do, but we are scared of her. <laughs> there, there was then a woman Should've who came, um, who came to talk to Quinn at the end because Quinn was like, "I am not leaving. You don't understand. I'm not leaving this building. This building, you're gonna lock it with me in here, or you. I'm eventually gonna have to go to jail tonight until someone can make this make sense because." 
you guys don't process the paperwork. Yeah. We have a biometrics appointment. What you're supposed to do is take fingerprints, like what's on here. Mm-hmm. You are not the authority that gets to decide. So eventually, we had a supervisor who came and Quinn explained the situation. He was like, this doesn't make any sense. Make it make sense to me. You're you're not an immigration officer. You're just the person who takes the fingerprints. Why are you making this difficult? Let immigration make the decision. So we already had hurdles before we even got to the immigration office of people trying to enforce things they have no business enforcing, going back to the farmer's branch, apartment tenant rules, where you're applying for an apartment. They have to act as immigration and they want to see your papers. Yeah. Now imagine if you're not in a situation where... Like you've always you, you jokingly say it, it's the truth is that your English is your second language. Yeah. But you are fluent in English. I'm fluent in English. You have been in English. I was colonized by the British. You probably speak it better you, than I you don't have, have Oh honey, I speak the Queen's <clears throat> English. And unless you're speaking Shauna, you don't have a Zimbabwe accent. I, I don't. You don't have an African and, like, accent. So. Assimilation. So because yeah. I had to yeah. Yeah. Um so eventually she came in and she understood. She was like, We'll do the biometrics and then we'll let immigration deal with you guys because we're not doing this. You guys have been here for seven hours. She got a crying baby. Her tits are leaking all over the place. Oh, I would have had <laughs> my tits totally Oh, no, it definitely, they were I leaking. Poor. I was pouring, and she was like, you know what? She's got leaky tits. You guys have been here. Get them up, bitch, and Just my immigration stuff. Do. So we showed up at 8 a.m., and we didn't leave that night until 8 p.m. Just because Quinn was like, oh, hell no. So having a spouse who fiercely advocated for me and was like, I'll go to jail for this. Like, you don't understand. Made it easy. Because I I damn sure wasn't going to show up and ad, show my whole ass because you know what they would have done. Put you in detention. Put we'll me in detention. You'd still be there today. And, and yeah, and also, so the, imagine the hurdles that people have to jump through to get there. People have to put themselves on the line and do certain things to get there because our immigration system doesn't make any sense. People don't. People don't want to no, risk their sense. lives crossing a border. People don't want to risk their lives crossing a river. People do it because they have run out of options, y'all. And this is where they're. And we need to be more empathetic. And honestly, we would all benefit from an organized system of immigration. Absolutely. Um, I once wrote an op-ed that talks about the benefits, and I I'm one of those people who truly hates the value of immigrants being placed on what they can provide to a society. Mm-hmm. But when we break that down, there is nonpartisan research that says there's nothing but benefit to the American economy by a strong immigration system that is inclusive and allows people to right. be to to get to become legal. We have nothing but to raise the GDP, um, for self starters, self starter businesses, taxpayers. all of that. To, high, to benefit. High, yeah, yeah, high education and rates, all of that. All of that shit. And even on the lower end, you know, when we talk about our, not even blue collar, but whatever collar it is that is considered beneath our, our full labor, physical labor force, yeah. there is a huge economy in, in Texas. Like, home building shuts down. And, mm-hmm. and this is not to stereotype, because, but in Texas, we have a huge Hispanic, especially People Hispanic People who are just population. good at doing that shit. Exactly. My husband worked for years in home building and there is nobody that can sling like 50,000 bricks up a building faster than people who have done this for ages. And I'm saying and if our I'd home had, building economy yeah. is built on that. Yeah. If we stop that, building everything. It's just yeah, about everything. it's just about people who have experience doing things exactly. who are the best in their field. Not necessarily a stereotype. I'm not going to fucking go to a dentist for plastic surgery. I want nope. a fucking plastic surgeon <laughs> doing my plastic surgery. Yeah. And that's what this is all about. And I just I just wanted to give a bit of information about this bullshit ass 
fucking raids that are coming that are supposed to be coming on Sunday where they're going to come and take people. First of all, it, in it, never in the history of never do you tell people that you're getting ready to do some shit. If you're trying to catch people by surprise and you're trying to catch people... Why would you announce it in advance? I can't tell if so that's he did stupidity this. or he maybe he actually doesn't. Maybe he's doing. I, I, have, an, I have an answer to that actually, and I'll answer that question too. It has everything to do with politics. Trump has virtually failed at everything that he has promised people. We're now on the cusp of re-election, and immigration was his number one thing mm-hmm. that he was going to do. Build and the he, wall. he hasn't done any of that shit. So these raids, the reason why they're... Why would you tell someone you're getting ready to raid their shit so that they can hide? Like, you Be tell home them tomorrow, I'm going to arrest you. I'm going to arrest you. <laughs> you fucking moron. Yeah. You stupid goat. There's no such thing as you telling someone, I'm coming to arrest your ass, you better get ready. No, bitch, I ain't going to be there. Okay? How about that? Or I'm not going to answer the door. Stupid. Because you know what? Whether you want to believe it or not, for anyone who's listening, who has friends who are immigrants or family or whatever, you have rights. Don't listen to what anyone has to say. Unless someone is at knocking on your door with a warrant, you do not have to fucking open the door for them. Unless they have a warrant that is signed by a judge saying that they can come in and break the house. You don't have to open the door for them at all. You don't have to say shit. So you don't have to open the door for anyone. In the nine states that have been targeted for this very publicized raid so that he can parade this to his followers uh, is Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, Houston, Atlanta, Baltimore, Denver, Miami, San Francisco. In New Orleans was initially on the list, but you know they had to suspend it because there was like a hurricane. No, no, there. get your happy ass down in get New Orleans. Your, you start might do there. some good. You might do some good. Right. Um. So instead of prepping FEMA and all the other things that need to be prepped and yeah. said for this historic storm that we have coming and making sure that we're taking care of people, we're going to be spending our time with the president who's trying to prove his point and exercising power and people who are not doing anything. And from my understanding. This list of people who are targeted by this particular raid are people who have either been court-ordered to leave and haven't left and are just supposed to be deported on site, that they're cited in the system as being such. But even then, you still have a right to a day in court. So unless it's a court-signed order, you don't have to open the door. Don't open the door for anybody you don't know. Consult a lawyer. Um, and no one has to take you against your will at this point. So that's, that's really all I have to say about that. It's a bunch of bullshit. And it's politicizing the very real reality that people have. Um, and using it to get reelected. It's nothing more than a re-election thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Sad. All right. So we're going to take a break. And we'll be right back with the rest of our segment. All right. So, are we going to pop that shit before we finish the pod? Yeah. Please, because my yeah. glass is empty. Dude. Ray's glass is empty. Your glass is empty. I don't even have a glass you anymore. Had to, you had to go to a beer. I had to go to a beer. Um, so, you guys, again, you guys are going to get so tired of me with Texas wines, but it is my fucking thing. Get over it or buy a bottle like uh, Beast did of something that's not Texan. <laughs> um, so, today's bottle is... One of my favorite wineries, one of our favorite wineries, Messina Hoff. Messina Hoff. We love you, Messina Hoff. And if you're ever looking for a podcast to sponsor, ha-ha, we're right here uh, waiting for you. 
And today we need to go visit them in Fredericksburg. We do. We have this whole discussion. I know. We, we, we just, just I think we're just gonna keep saying it until we go. Until we go, right? <laughs> we're gonna speak it into existence. <laughs> yeah, I like Marianne would be so proud of us. We're just like spreading all the energy. <laughs> and I'm gonna tell you, girlfriend. Yeah, we're gonna speak that into existence. Uh, and then I'm gonna rub some CBD oil on your forehead and everything. <laughs> and I'm gonna good. light my Himalayan <laughs> lamp. Yeah, shout out to you, Marianne. Just trying vibe your way through life girlfriend I can't tell what she has going there is it the is it the she's a hippie okay cause some of it also feels like that especially when she's like and I'm gonna tell her girlfriend I'm like the girlfriend was like killing me I can't me. I was tell like, what are you what doing that is. what is you know, that is this the a, a, a faux black scent like, or is this like is this? you are just in a spirit and it's a girlfriend <laughs> Okay, we okay. So yes. today we have. Hang on, girlfriend. <laughs> you know what was funny? I was just to let you guys know was um, and I I feel like I've I've mentioned Karen so many times in this podcast. Um, Karen was like, I listened to the debate episodes. And I listened to debate part one and debate part two. And what was funny was that you could clearly tell these things had been recorded on the same night because by the time you guys did part two, you guys weren't trashed. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. Karen, was you're like, not going to tell it. <laughs> and she just was like, yeah, I figured it out. Because he's like, you guys started here. And then he was like, by the end of the night, you guys were gone. And That's like, why it's called drunk bitches in politics. <laughs> and she's such a fan. She's so excited. I love her excited about it. She's intoxicated. <laughs> um, so, um... Tonight, we have our fourth, third bottle, and it is Messina, <laughs> Messina Hoff's Cabernet Franc. It's a Cabernet Franc, uh, and it's 2017, so it's aged a little bit. And it's, you know, Texas High Plains. And it is, the their description that they have on here is that their Cabernet Franc is rich red wine bursting with blackberries. You know we love them blackberry notes, girlfriend. Like Vanilla cherry. and allspice. Ooh. It is made in a classic Bordeaux style. And we do love a good Bordeaux. We do. With deep earth and pepper notes, this full-bodied wine is aged in oak barrels to develop maturity and depth. The bold flavors of Cabernet Franc a natural pairings to grilled steaks, game meat, mushrooms, and aged cheese. So this would be a mm. really good hors d'oeuvre wine. And this comes in at... Let me guess, let me guess, let me guess. Ooh, guess away, Ray Ray. 13.7. Ooh, you were close. What do you want to guess? Do you want to guess? 13.5? No. Uh. She was close in the sense that it's 12.7. Oh, 12.7, yeah, not yeah. 13.7. So I'm definitely going to... Well, considering we've had some 14s, I don't know if I can... We, I we can can't keep up anymore. Love it down at the I'm 13s. going to pop this shit. Because you guys haven't heard a pop today, have you? No, we haven't. Oh, that we, is so we, unlike we us. I had pre-popped and then we no, had we cracked during a break. So this is our official pop This is of our episode pop. 17. All right, You're let's ready? make it happen. Yeah. Oh! Yeah! Ooh. To be glug 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 glug. Music to my Ooh, ears. It is so dark and velvety looking. I'm Pretty. excited. This is our first time trying this bottle, so definitely give it a taste and tell me what your thoughts are. 
Ray and I always look at each other. Notes like, of wine with flavors of wine. <laughs> Fuck it, I smell the berries. Well, it's it's definitely strong. Yeah. You can you can smell grapes. it's very fruity. Totally Shut up, Ray. Grapes and shit. Peppery. Do they even make wine out of grapes anymore? I feel like all we ever talk about is berries and well, charcoal and the great cocoa there, and but, tobacco yeah. and Never oak. Mind. <laughs> oh, okay. So one of the I'm things kidding. I'm picking no, up. I'm being an idiot. The most out of this is the pepper notes. This is delicious. Messina Hoff, as always, you make a delicious bottle. Mm, cheers. Mm-hmm. Mm. Cheers, girl. I get the pepper. Mm-hmm. You taste it. It's yeah. there. You got it. Got it in your nose? Got it in my tongue. <laughs> so, I don't know if y'all caught this earlier, but Missy was like, she didn't have an asshole for the week because everybody's a fucking asshole. I, everybody's Everybody we talked about this week, besides her story with Quentin, who was a gem, and the biggest non-asshole ever. Ever. Everybody else is an asshole. So. So, all the rest of you, you an asshole, baby. You, you, you an, an asshole. asshole. Yes. You an asshole, baby. You an asshole. <laughs> Epstein, Acosta, Orange Man, all of you. Assholes. And ICE agents, assholes. <laughs> Everybody. Everybody. So, um, as always, we like to end on a good note, positive note. And so we're going to have Ray's Bay of the Day. Bay of the Day, Day Bay. Day of Rhythm, Bay of the Day. Bye, Ray. Day Bay. <laughs> it's always because I'm... I'm always... I need a triangle. I you feel do like need a triangle. Oh, yeah. a at the end. Yeah. Okay. Okay. yeah. That's it. That's all it's missing. That's all it's missing. But other than that, we're fucking perfect. Right. <laughs> what you got for us, Ray? All right. So this bay is a hero who hails from Washington State. Mm. I need, I need a good Washington State story. We need something just... good to come from the Pacific Northwest. Again, to bring it back to our, our crime junkie podcast that we follow, everybody has killed everybody up in Washington State. <laughs> and then the 911 dispatchers. is a joke. One, listen, Crime Junkie, we're obsessed with you guys. We're are, we, def- are we going to get into the public enemy songs right now? Not <laughs> joke. Really? Oh, don't believe the hype. I- I feel like we're gonna have to at y'all on Twitter to listen to this. You guys have definitely like been an influence lately for us. You guys are awesome. We love you guys. Okay, so a young man from Washington State is being hailed as a hero after rushing into a burning home to rescue his eight-year-old niece. Aww. Derek Bird, only twenty, suffered severe burns to his face, arms, and back. Oh, and God. he said he would run through the flames again to save the life of a loved one, even if it meant sacrificing his own life. I really would. I don't care. I really would. I'd run back in there and do it again, even if I got burnt worse or died, he said in an interview. Oh, I know. That's sweet. The fire broke out Thursday morning at his home in Aberdeen. His niece, Mercedes, and his two nephews, Junior and Rory, were trapped in a room on the second floor. Bird said that he and his sister, Kayla, caught the boys after they jumped out of a window to escape the flames, but Mercedes was afraid to take that leap. She was screaming my name, said Bird. So I wasn't going to let her just sit there and die. I, was going to let, I wasn't going to let my niece die. I just ran up the stairs and pushed through the fire. I could feel it burning me. I got oh her God. and I took my shirt off. I put it around her face so she wouldn't breathe in any smoke, and I just carried her out as fast as I could. So he ran out of the house shirtless. He ran out of the house shirtless. And he probably came in contact with flames. Mm-hmm. Fucking A. Mm-hmm. Oh. He is, as of... It's amazing uh, what adrenaline will do. It is. Right? It absolutely is. Because, I mean, is. It, 
obviously that it's amazing was, what love will do and love, love and, and love yeah adrenaline fueled by love mm-hmm. but the fact that he didn't feel any pain while he was right. doing that that made him stop right that's what that was right exactly. it was just that yeah oh yeah insane. it said um the report said that he's receiving treatment as this was as of the story aired a couple days ago for his burns at Harborview Medical Center, his nieces and nephews are recovering at the same hospital. Aww. He said, even though I got burnt, I really don't care. I'd rather get burnt than her. She's young. She's got a lot of stuff going for her. She's a good kid. Like, she's eight and he's 20. Like, you're a good kid, you know? Oh, my God. He was only 20. You're a 20. baby. Oh. Yeah. And they said the cause of the fire is still under investigation, but it looks like it started on the second floor. Aww. So, I mean... A heater or something. Anything could have happened. Yeah. It's kids. They could have knocked something over that could catch fire. Oh, yeah. Or it just anything can happen in bedrooms and stuff like yeah. that. So And and I know that we're living in sweltering hell right now in Texas. Right. But it's still cold in states like and Washington. Other places, so it definitely yeah. could have been like a floor anything. heater or a wall anything heater or something like happened. that. Yeah. Yep. So, Derek oh, Bird, our hero from Washington State, you are our Bay of the Day. Day Bay. At first, awesome. I thought you were going to tell a story about the Chick Fil A employee who changed the tire. I saw that. Chick-fil-A I just want to say that we, <laughs> we I mean, Chick Fil A. I mean, the employees of Chick Fil A. Come on, are you like? So, but you see, we that will share that me. on our Facebook page. Yes. That one's a bonus. That brings me to just like wonder when you have employees that are willing to extend themselves that way. Do you think that they? Chick-fil-A treats their employees very well. Yes. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. It is. And I, God, I hate your politics, Chick-fil-A, but I fucking love your chicken and, and your customer service. And, that's, and it's always your pleasure to pleasure me. <laughs> and I like being pleasured. <laughs> she By does. your wonderful chicken. <laughs> I like all sorts of pleasure. <laughs> and it's always their pleasure. <laughs> and them damn awful fries. Yeah. No, we did definitely. Let's share that on on our uh, Facebook page and, yes. and Instagram. They just have to fix one thing and it will be perfect. Right. Like, like I even appreciate the fact that y'all close on Sundays because if I was an employee, I'd like a day I'd take a, a day a off. Right. Day off. Right. Like, just one day. Right. Right. When, well, and they also take Christmas Day off. Right. There's just Thanksgiving me. Day, New Year's yes. Day. Like, they're, and, 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 and I don't know, because I watch this stuff all the time on LinkedIn and stuff like that, but they're, they beat McDonald's in the last quarter. Listen, I don't want to give them too much love, okay? Because they have one ingredient they need to take away from their <laughs> recipe. And that ingredient is bigotry. <laughs> Just take that away. Just take that one seasoning away and you will be fucked. <laughs> Alright. So right. we fucked up Bay of the Day. We didn't. We <laughs> no, didn't. we didn't. We no. love Bay of the Day. What? I'm just saying. We we have been on a Chick-fil-A streak. I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. Can we all just celebrate Crocker Barrel for a little bit? <laughs> I will celebrate Cracker Barrel when they start using pepper. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't either. That's another podcast. All right. All right, kids. All right. So, that's it for us tonight. We are not going to have an official episode for next week. I will be out of town, and they can't function without me. We no. don't need you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, Missy. You know we need her. <laughs> we need her. <laughs> We're, we kind of do. We need her. Yeah. We're nothing we without her. Yeah. yeah. But we can't do any of the shit without Ray. You will notice that um, we are three bottles in. We're already inebriated, but we're going to record a shots episode for you. So that will drop probably on schedule. We don't know what's going to happen. So live life unafraid. <laughs> <laughs> live it on the edge. All right. With All right. That, 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 edge that, of that, stay tipsy, my friends.
Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at DBAPpod. If you have questions or suggestions, email us at drunkbpolitics at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. It's the best way to show your support and spread the word.